Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, adults of all ages, welcome to the Sideshow. And we are back. We're back. Ladies and gentlemen, we are doing something new. We are we are trying to evolve and not be the same people we were yesterday. And this is the third attempt or fourth attempt of something <laughs> like this. This is the fourth one now, yeah. Um, we really had it in our head that we were going to do little snippets so that like if people sent us an email and like, hey, we want to talk about cheating or what is your opinion on, on corn, corn, right? Like you have to corn it for the the, the algorithm. Um, or, you know, what do you, how do you view emotional cheating? And like people send in these emails, we would be able to direct them to a short video. And originally we were going to try to keep it under 20 minutes and realize that's not an option. It's impossible. Right. So the first the first one we realized was just not going to happen in the time constraints we wanted. And then we realized, OK, well, we can just do bullet points and have the bullet points and have a discussion about it. And that's not possible either, because we derail so hard. That the conversation shifts and becomes unorganic when we bullet point. Mm-hmm. And if you guys want to read bullet points or talk statistics, you can do that without us. Like, that's not what we do. So while we were taking a break between the last attempt, which I don't even know if I'm going to use, to this attempt, we decided that we were going to call this opinion pieces. Mm -hmm. And we would just hit the conversation. We would talk about it briefly and then move on to the next conversation so that we can have something to direct people to. And like we can create a spreadsheet that has all the information on it. So like this could be opinion piece one. And it talks about whatever it is that we talk about. I know the first topic is going to be bachelor and bachelorette parties. So we can have that discussion and then we can pick the next two, have those discussions. I can write them down, stick them on Excel document, get them to AJ, and then we can label them. So when people email us and go, what is your thoughts on corn? We can go ahead and just look at the Excel sheet. Oh, that was episode 13 of the opinion piece. And we can send them a link for it. Okay. Because that's going to make it so that we are not wasting time with emails that are not worthy of the actual time investing. Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll still answer questions and then we'll allow us to free up the actual time, not repeating ourselves on things that we've answered 500 times already. Right. You did great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You nailed that. Um, so we're not going to do a whole lot of conversations getting into this because it's already five 30 and we want to be done in an hour and a half. So yeah, I want to take a bath. Um, you bachelor or bachelorette party was your idea of conversation. So, right. So (laughs) bachelorette parties. I don't understand the need for one. Right. I don't understand wanting to have one. I don't understand planning one, throwing one. I don't get it. It is for some women a week long getting trashed, hungover. Like there are women who bring IVs. Like their friend's a nurse. She's going to bring IVs so the next morning they can just rehydrate and go drink again that night. Right. Blows my mind. Hmm. When I hear that somebody is dead set on having a bachelorette party, I think of situations with alcohol mixed with attitude Mm -hmm. because women in groups always have we're the main characters everybody pay attention to us especially in a bachelorette party that's a whole thing right cheating is a massive thing absolutely well bachelorette parties and bachelor parties are supposed to be the last hurrah before you get married the last hurrah was before you decided to get into a committed relationship i I agree with that a hundred percent i i personally if if you and i were not married and I sprung the question and you were like, oh, I get to plan a bachelorette party. I'd be like, wait a minute. 
I'm not doing a bachelor party. Mm -hmm. And if you feel you need that last hurrah before you marry me, then we need to discuss our relationship further because I'm no longer ready for that commitment. Yeah. And and, and at that point, I got to be honest, if you were dead set on a bachelorette party, I would tell you to keep the ring and we would just move on with our lives. Yeah. Because I don't want to start my marriage off with you spending even a night getting completely shit faced with your friends and strippers and dudes or women or whatever. You know what I mean? That entails in that because we're already living in a committed relationship. You don't get to do that. That right. I do believe that's a form of cheating. I agree. And I believe it's a socially socially acceptable form of cheating. Only for women though. Men do it too. Men men Right, do, men, men do it, but they get shit on hard. Yeah, bachelor parties for men are strippers and alcohol. Right. I'm I'm good on that. Like I don't I don't need that. Why am I going to have one of my male friends pay a woman to come and dance in my lap when I can go home and have that for free? With the woman that I love, that I'm going to marry because I'm in love. I don't need a woman shaking her ass in my face. Yeah. I have that at home. And I get to touch that and play with that. And it's not inappropriate. And nobody's paying for it but me. Mm-hmm. Like, because you always pay for it. <laughs> yeah, no matter the circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't understand the appeal. You know, there are a couple of TikToks that I came across. <laughs> a dude asks, what happens at the bachelorette party? And a woman goes cheating. Yeah. And he goes, what? And she was like, yeah, I had strippers, everything there. And he was like, you don't think that's wrong for your husband? She was like, no, no, we're not married yet. He wasn't my husband yet. That was her justifying the whole male strippers cheating. That blows my mind. Like, you really think that that's okay? He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Yeah. I don't want a woman that, that needs that. If you need that attention from the outside world, I don't want you. Yeah. That ties into the Instagram and the thirst traps and the social media entertainment. I don't want Mm -hmm. a woman that wants that kind of attention. I don't, I don't want that kind of attention from the internet. I don't want that kind of attention from strangers. I want peace Mm -hmm. and solitude and commitment and loyalty (laughs) and respect. I was thinking solitude. I I don't need that. Yeah. And if you're somebody who needs that, you shouldn't be in a monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. Stay single or just, Rack up the body count if right. that's what you want to do. And, that, and I mean that for men and women. So I I got corrected on my polyamory comment. So there's a whole plethora of relationship options out there that's not monogamous. Go do one of those. Yeah. If you don't want to be in a monogamous relationship where you are with one person, go do anything else. Because the, now there's a plethora of them. I got corrected hard and I apologize for my misuse or the definition of polyamory. That is the only one that I'm aware of where you can have multiple partners and everything is cool. But now there's a lot more than that. So release yourself into the, 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 the planes of whatever. In terms of that whole polyamory thing or you know the, that relationship, if it's not monogamous and it falls into any other category, I don't care what they call it. Those aren't the relationships I'm interested in. Right. And I don't need to get into the definitions of it and have a conversation about it because that's not how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. The content that we make is for people who are in monogamous relationships. And if you can apply what we talk about to your relationship, dope. But we're not speaking on your relationship. We're speaking on ours. And we're speaking on the emails that we get. And when we get emails about poly relationships, we don't really divulge them. We don't really get into those emails because that's not the life we live. Yeah, I have no input on that. I have no information. Right. We speak on life experience. I don't have life experience in that scenario. I got nothing for you. Yeah. So I'm, and I, I won't even get in. We are getting to the point where we're not going to read the comments anymore. Mm-hmm. I will read the long, the long video comments on YouTube, the episodes and like the, the, you know, the two hour episode things. 
but like the shorts and the clips and like the shitty comments on TikTok, I just don't care. Yeah. I don't care that people get offended. I don't mm-hmm. care that people have a different opinion. I don't even care that people don't agree with me all the time because we get that constantly in the emails. I don't agree with everything you say. I don't give a shit. It's expected. You're not you're not right. shattering you're, my world. Like, right. oh my God, you don't agree. <clears throat> we expect you to not agree with everything we yep. say. Yeah, you're a human being. You should have your own opinion. Yeah. I don't need yes men. Um do you think that there is a scenario in your mind where a bachelorette or a bachelor party is acceptable? And how does that look? So a bachelorette party where they go out of state for a week and hit a multiple bars are just constantly getting trashed and they're staying out until two or three o'clock wearing super revealing outfits is different than women who are planning to do like a movie night. Right. You know, they go above and beyond with the snacks. Everybody's in fuzzy pajamas, slippers, like the whole thing. That is more acceptable to me because that's more of a, we're celebrating you, this new chapter of your life. Right. That, that, Mm -hmm. that's the point of that. That, you know what I mean? Like that, that's, I hate to say wholesome. That, that's what I was thinking. I was going to say wholesome, but I was like, I I don't think that's the correct term. But but it fits. Like yeah. you, your friends are coming over to celebrate this giant change that's about to happen in your life. Yeah. Not this, not the ceremony because that's the two people mm-hmm. you're supposed to celebrate both when you're having your wedding. Right. But it should be about you and this giant step that you're about to take and committing yourself to your forever person mm-hmm. and what's about to change. Your life should be changing. Obviously people are already living together and doing that. They get married. The only thing that changes is the last name and tax status. Right. Insurance breaks. But for a lot of people, like, me having your last name was a big deal. It's a big deal to me, too. Yeah, like, that was a big step. That's something that I want to celebrate for me. You know, because, like, even though two people are married, I'm not married, but living together, you know, there are nothing massively is changing besides getting that last name right. and solidifying it. And, like, it's almost like an energy shift right. in the universe. Yeah, your your world is you, two flesh becomes one. Like, yeah. you, you're a whole now. And in that scenario... I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Or like a book club or like <clears> we plan a night tea, like a late tea party or something. I would do a tea party. Yeah, would you? I would. I couldn't picture you doing a tea party. I just, in my head, you'd all be wearing princess dresses and tiaras with little plastic cups. <laughs> no, it, it, it would be everybody dressed the way they want to be dressed. That's but. fun. That was a fun thought. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. It's like a bunch of a 30-year-old women dressed up like five-year-old kids with their tea party. That was pretty good for me. The I, I bet I can only get one person on board with that idea out of every female I know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. One. I bet it'd be one person. Yeah? Yeah. Huh. Maybe. I don't know. They all wear ugly Christmas sweaters. <laughs> right. a, a lot of them dress up for Halloween. I'm, right. I don't know. You yeah. might You might be able to get a, a couple of them. That's crazy. Um, in terms of a male having a bachelor party, I don't know how that would look because I don't have a lot of guy friends. Mm-hmm. I would like to just go to dinner. Yeah. Just go to like a nice high end restaurant with just the fellas and sit down and talk about life, mm-hmm. especially with other men who are already married. Oh yeah. What can I expect? Give me life lessons and things that you have failed in, in your marriage so that I can skirt those in mine. I want something that's going to add value to my life. I don't need a last hurrah. I had a lot of those in my twenties. Could you imagine if we viewed bachelor and bachelorette parties as like a traditional thing to do where you guys get together and you can pass on knowledge and celebrate like your old life ending, your new life beginning with the person you want to spend the rest of your life with versus... It would be a rite of passage. That would be fucking gangster. Wouldn't that be insane instead of it just being, I'm going to go get trashed in Texas for the next week 
hopefully I don't cheat on you. Yeah. That's a thought. Right. That that really is a thought. Like that would change the entire purpose of how and obviously it wouldn't be as fun for people who want to get shit faced and do right. all of that. But like you could give women who have been married for 50 years, your grandmother could come out to your bachelorette party and have a conversation about things that you can do to your mm-hmm. husband or with your husband that's going to better your life. Yeah. And the same thing, your grandfather or her grandfather even could come mm-hmm. to your bachelor party and give you life lessons on things that he did wrong yeah. or life lessons on things that you know may affect her life a certain way if you don't do it. That that would be fucking gangster. What an you would be starting your marriage on a level that you would have n- otherwise not been able to obtain. Mm-hmm. Because if you had five women who all have all been married for 10 years plus having conversations about what worked and what didn't in their relationship, you are going to get value in that. Yeah. Wow. That was pretty smart of me. Wasn't that was good. <laughs> this is this is those organic conversations. Yeah. This is why I don't want to talk bullet points. Um I don't I don't want to I don't want to talk anything else about that. That was such a strong point that I don't okay. I don't want to taint that. So let's let's move to another topic. Okay. Do I need to look at Frank to find yes. out what the topic is? Cuz I had it and then I said that and that was just a massive yeah, moment for was, me and I can't remember. That was good. Um We're going to talk about contracts and expectations? Yes. Um I threw that pen earlier. No, I I want mine. And and it's weird. <laughs> no, I understand. I just I wasn't prepared to be rejected like that. All right. I'm going to start this one off if you're okay with it. All right. So we we talk a lot. And we've had people email us and ask us directly about our contracts. <clears throat> and when we say contracts, they don't necessarily mean like lawyer drawn up documents. It could be yeah. something as simple as a, a a napkin at a diner that you guys have a conversation with and you're like, "Hey, I want to remember this. Let's write it down so we know." Yeah. When you go on dates and you are courting somebody, having that um, initial phase where you're trying to learn each other's boundaries, mm-hmm. this is the opportune time to, to 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 do these contracts and understand each other's expectations and boundaries. Right. Um, <coughs> if you don't have conversations first and foremost about each other's boundaries and what are hard limits and hard no's and things that are completely unacceptable to you, mm-hmm. you will never know until they get crossed or the, your partner will never know until they get crossed. And when they get crossed, you are going to take that super personal. Right. Because you have that. These are my boundaries. You cannot overstep this. And if your partner doesn't know about it, when you fly off the handle, it's gonna he's going to feel attacked. Mm-hmm. He's going to get defensive, or she is going to get attacked and defensive. And you guys are going to have a huge meltdown over something that could be very clearly explained before you start dating. I'm going to piggyback off of that and say it could even be points where you feel like it's common sense knowledge. It's offensive. You should still have those talks. You really should because what's offensive to you could be absolutely nothing to that person. But without that communication, like you said, they're going to have no idea. And then all of a sudden there's this massive blow up. Right. And there are things, uh, and I'm going to reiterate points that we've talked about in other episodes, just so you're clear, you guys may get here with this shit again. Um, I, for example, am not going to be with a woman who's going to the bar. I'm not, I'm not a bar goer. I'm not a drinker. If I want to drink, I'll drink at home or we'll go to a restaurant. But if you want to go do the bar thing with other women or other dudes or whatever the case may be, knowing that I am not okay with it. If we have that discussion very early on in the dating phase, and that is a very important thing to you, you can be like, well, I'm not willing to give that life up. And I'd be like, cool, we'll, we'll have a great dinner. I'll pay for it. We can have 
really dope conversations and we will remain friends. Yeah. And and I don't expect anything more from you other than your friendship. Mm-hmm. I don't want to commit my life to a woman who's willing to do those things because to me it is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple boundary. Right. It's it's not aggressive. I'm not being shitty. I'm not telling you what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you very early on in the dating phase before we get serious what I am willing to accept for my partner. Mm-hmm. And if you were to be like, "Well, I don't accept a man who plays video games." consistently and i was a big gamer i'd be like okay well what is consistently am i allowed to play one night a week for four hours or can i play three nights a week for four hours Mm -hmm. what do you consider to be an extensive amount of time because now i know you have a hard time with video games and if we're going to be living together at some point and getting married Mm -hmm. and i know that i'm only going to get four hours of video games a week that's something that i'm going to have to accept if i want to have this life with you right and if i'm not willing to (laughs) accept that then I'm not willing to commit to that. Then you mm-hmm. would tell me, well, dinner will be fine. We will remain friends. Uh, let's enjoy ourselves. I'm right. just not willing to move forward with you because that's not okay for me. You want to keep going? I just wanted to say it's okay. Mm-hmm. It is fucking okay to tell people I'm not okay with this. It is. And to set your boundaries and just accept it. You don't have to settle. Right. There are people out there who will match what you want if they want to be with you. Mm-hmm. But they have to respect your boundary. Right. So if you say, I don't want to be with a woman who goes to the bar every Friday and Saturday night and stays out until 2 a.m., she needs to respect that boundary. <clears throat> so when you state that and she goes, okay, she then can't continue to try to pursue you and convince you, well, you, you, you know, you're going to like me. You're really going to enjoy me. I promise nothing really happens. And try to make it okay, even though it's a hard boundary for that person. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I am the type of person that when you set that boundary and they push. Mm-hmm. You're going to get blocked. You're going to get a lot more than blocked. I'm going to get, I'm going to get ugly with you. Yeah. Because I, I believe in, in civility. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't like somebody, I'm going to be as civil as I can in the moment and then distance myself from them. Mm-hmm. There are times where I'm intentionally a dick. There are. And those are, are me things. And that, you know what I mean? Like I, I will go out of my way to be an asshole to somebody in certain circumstances. For the most part, I'm always civil to everyone because I want people to treat me how I treat them, uh, which is why I'm a dick in certain aspects. That's a whole different conversation. Um, I don't remember why I brought that up. I don't remember either. You made a point and I was agreeing with you. Oh, mm-hmm. um, in the event that somebody, when you give them your hard boundaries and your hard limits and they push them mm-hmm. and they try to skirt that and overstep it, it's okay to be an asshole to them because you, you've stated what is not okay for you and they keep going. It's like a, a chick that does cosplay. Just mm-hmm. because you're dressed up doesn't mean that you can be touched. Right. And if somebody touches you and you go, wait a minute, I'm not okay with being touched. And they do it anyways. They are overstepping a boundary that you just made very fucking clear. That's not okay. Don't touch me. There are people who touch me because <clears> I have tattoos. I, I get it too. I understand that. Like I've had specifically women grab my wrist and turn my arm over. Mm-hmm. I've experienced that. Like. From women. Uh, it's unbelievable. Yep. Hard boundaries need to be respected. If you're willing, that that's a hard boundary for everybody. You don't just go up and grab a stranger and move them. Right. I agree. People just don't understand social interaction. Right. In that moment, I do have the right <clears throat> to be a dick. Like you just invaded my personal space. I don't know who the hell you are. That could actually correlate to violence. Yeah. If somebody grabs you and you don't realize what's happening, you mm-hmm. could defend yourself. Yeah. You are being grabbed. <laughs> Uh, that's a whole other topic too. The so that's that's the boundary conversation. I could mm-hmm. I could really harp on the boundary thing. You guys need to understand that it is okay to set your boundaries, and then you you fucking stand your ground. 
okay. the event that you set your boundaries and somebody tries to overstep them before you're even even serious in a relationship, mm-hmm. that tells you so much about their character and you are doomed if yep. you let that happen. That is a huge, huge problem. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question about boundaries. Absolutely. So that first boundary of I don't want to be with someone who goes to the bar makes me uncomfortable. That's a valid boundary to be to have in a relationship. What would you say is a unbased boundary? What do you mean? What do you mean? Not unbased. Um, unreasonable. Unreasonable boundary. Yeah. I, I don't know because I see the problem with that question is what I find acceptable and unacceptable. Others may not. Right. And that's why you have these conversations because if I come at you with some unreasonable controlling nonsense, mm-hmm. you you know. Right. Like if I'm like. Well, you need to be able to identify it. So if I'm on a, say, no, I'm not on a date. Say someone's on a date. It's four months in. Things are getting kind of pretty serious. And the dude goes, I noticed you talked to your mom on Monday evenings. I kind of want you to stop doing that. Can you swap it to Fridays? Why would be my question there. Okay. Because if he does that and she's like, no, Mm-hmm. Monday's the only time I can talk to my mom. That's her only night off of work. That's fine. That's the end of the conversation. Right. If he's doing it just to see if he can manipulate her to make the mm-hmm. change, that is a fucking problem. That's that was what I <clears throat> that's where I was going with that. Right. Now, <clears throat> in the event that Monday is his night off of work mm-hmm. and he knows that she's going to be on the phone with her mom for three fucking hours and it's the only time that he gets quality time with her, that conversation is a very different conversation than just seeing what he can push. It is. So that matters. Mm-hmm. So uh, the context of the boundary matters. Right. Absolutely. And so, the why, the why behind everything matters. And you mm-hmm. should be asking those questions. You should. Because if, if I was to tell you my, my, my bar thing and you were to be like, no, that's just unacceptable, whatever. Fine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I respect your opinion. You can do what you want to do. I'm not trying to control you. I'm trying to tell you what I'm willing to accept in my life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the right question to that is why? Why do you feel that way? Because now you get to, to learn the inner workings of me. Right. And I can have a conversation of, well, my goal in life is to have a wife that I can provide for and protect. Mm-hmm. And if she's at the bar drinking and I don't drink or go to bars, I can't protect her. If she's grabbed, accosted, assaulted, whatever, mm-hmm. she's not safe. And if something happens to her while she's at the bar under my watch and I'm not there, I'm going to feel like I am not doing my duty as a husband. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, if you are going out and getting drunk with other men... Men are not going to respect the fact that you are married if they have a desire for you. Mm -hmm. And in the event that we are having conflict in our marriage and you are seeking the attention of other men and you are drinking as well, your your, um, inhibitions are going to be lowered and there is a higher chance of you doing some foul shit to me and I would rather not be put in that position. Mm -hmm. These are simple conversations and and none of it is ever going to be shitty. It is just me stating the way that I feel about things. Mm -hmm. You then have the option of weighing those things and going, okay, I I can, I can live with that. Or you can, you can counter offer. I really enjoy drinking. So how does that work? If I want to go have drinks with the girls, you go to, you go to Applebee's, you go to, you go to to Olive Garden. Garden. There's, there's a couple high end restaurants here. You invite them to the higher end restaurants. I'll pay for it. I'll set the reservation. You guys can go and drink, have Mm -hmm. a good time, dress up, do your thing. I know people that work there. I know that you'll be safe. I know you won't be accosted because people of lower status aren't going to be there creating shit because it is a high-end restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where you go matters. You see, asking that why eliminates that assumption of, oh, he's controlling, he's manipulating me, he doesn't want me to have friends. 
mm-hmm. knowing that it's purely safety based. If it is to go out and socialize and have drinks, it can be done at a restaurant. Right. If you just want to socialize, you can go play mini golf. There right. are so many things that you can do that do not involve you going to a shitty dive bar and mm-hmm. getting drunk. And if you get defensive when there are other revenues brought to your attention and you're so defensive on the fact that you have to go to the bars, that's a red flag to me. Yeah, it would be for me as well because it would show me who you are as a person. Like you need that. And that's fine if Mm -hmm. that's what you need. It's just not fine for me. Yeah, that's below my standard. Yeah. Those are important conversations to have. And those Mm -hmm. conversations should be had just like this was just had. Right. There's, you know, when you Mm -hmm. get defensive, if, if we had this conversation at a bar and you started getting defensive immediately... And there, I felt like there was conflict between you and I. That would also end any potential further courting. I'm not oh, going yeah. to take you on another date. Mm-hmm. I would be cordial for the rest of the date. I would pay for the date still because I believe a man should pay. Normally mm-hmm. men invite. If you invite, you pay. Um, we would have dinner. Everything would look great. I would walk you to your car. Make sure you get in your car okay. And I would tell you to have a good night. And I'd walk to my car and go home and never speak to you again. Yeah. I'm not going to tolerate that kind of hostility and disrespect in mm-hmm. the courting phase. I, don't, I won't tolerate it in my marriage. We don't yell at each other. No, There's not hostility. We have conversations. Mm-hmm. Those conversations get elevated. They absolutely do, but we check ourselves. In the event that I start to lose my temper and I, I hear my voice going up, I immediately stop. And I say the same thing every time. I love you and I don't want to treat you that way. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am affirming my love for you to you and I am affirming it in me that this is unacceptable behavior and I need to fucking check myself. Yeah. And I do. Every single time. And, and I, I, do the same I have thing. never once raised my voice at you out of anger um, that lasted more than a single sentence. Mm-hmm. And the one time that it happened, it was because I was dealing with fucking government website and you just happened to walk out of the bedroom at like five o'clock in the morning and I was irate. Yeah. And I apologized. I left. I cried. I came home and I was like, okay, I was overly emotional. I'm dealing with government documents. I don't do well with this because I struggle to read. I can read. I can't retain when I read. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, it's easier if I just have you read me shit now because it sticks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's a whole different topic too. But I apologized to you profusely. Mm-hmm. And like I was, I was visually upset. You saw that I was upset. And like we had a whole long conversation about that. I don't want to ever do that. Ever. I don't care what I'm mad at, how frustrated I am. And now I know that when I start to get frustrated like that, if you speak to me, I just need to be like, babe, I, I need five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like let me calm down and I will explain everything. I don't have to engage you in conversation. No, you don't. If you say something to me, I can just be like, I need a minute. And that is an acceptable answer no matter what's going on Mm -hmm. so that I can calm down and formulate what I need to say to you in a non-threatening, non-shitty manner and we can have a conversation. So I have two points I want to hit. So before I answer that, I want to go back to where I said that's below my standard. When I say that, my standard is not the set standard for everybody's life. You have standards that I might be below, and I get that. You know, everybody lives their life differently. But you have standards. I have my own standards, as everybody should in their own life, where Mm -hmm. they will not let anybody go below that, and they'll accept it. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Everybody needs to have standards. In response to you telling me, I need five minutes, I'm frustrated, I have to calm down and explain in a minute. An inappropriate response of me is to say, this is an emergency. I need your attention right now. Right. If it's a full-fledged emergency, like the kids are if in the hospital. If it is an actual emergency. Right. right. If it's a, I need $20 to go to Target, and I'm frustrated, and I'm aggravated, and my day is awful, I don't then say, my day is more important than your frustration right now. If you tell me you need five minutes, I respect the fact that you need five minutes, and I'm going to go sit down and be quiet. Yeah. You know, there's other things that... <coughs> 
excuse me, there's other things that can be done there. In the event mm-hmm. that you're trying to go target, you can go get ready. Right. That could take five, 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You can go do something else to occupy your time while I regain my composure, preparing for a conversation with my wife. Mm-hmm. Because whatever I'm mad at is not you. Right. And in the event that it was something that you did that bothered me, I would calmly tell you about it before I got mad. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in raising my voice. Even when I am angry, it takes a lot for me to get to the point of yelling, like to truly yell. You've heard me raise my voice and I've apologized. I don't scream. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't have it in me. Um, I feel like it's a whole lot of wasted energy that could be put towards productive things that could better our lives or make us money or whatever. So that that exertion is not utilized for yelling. Um, in the event that I was like, I need five minutes. The other unacceptable answer is I can tell something's going on. Just talk to me. Right. Don't do that. I need five minutes, just mm-hmm. five fucking minutes. And I will be able to, to, to calm down and give you everything that you need. Go brush your teeth, brush your hair, go put your shoes on. I, I can see that you're getting ready to leave if that's what you're doing. Right. Or you could even be like, I'm going to go get Starbucks then. Mm-hmm. I'll be back in a half hour. I'll be like, cool, grab me something. Yeah. And then it gives me a whole lot of time to really calm down and focus on what I'm trying to say. And we can have a cup of coffee together at the coffee table and just play a game of chess and have a conversation or sit at the kitchen table and and have breakfast together. Mm -hmm. Your reaction, not your response, your reaction is going to dictate a whole lot of things. If you take a few seconds and and change your reaction to a response, Mm -hmm. you are going to have a much more effective life because you are not acting on emotional reaction. The first thing that you think to say 90% of the time is going to come out dumb as fuck. Mm -hmm. They say that in all scenarios. If you think you're going to say something, stop for a minute and then think a little bit harder and you're going to find a better way to articulate yourself. That's the difference between a reaction and a response. Yep. I try really hard not to emotionally react to anything because of my borderline. Mm-hmm. I want to have cool, calculated, concise things happen in my life. And if I'm doing things purely based on emotion, mm-hmm. that can create a whole lot of issues for me. You know, since being with you, I have also started checking myself if it's an emotional response or a logical response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? I don't like being that emotional person. When I'm that emotional person, I'm a wreck. I'm anxious. Um, I, I can I can verify the anxious thing with you. Yeah. Because every time something starts to get off and you fall apart emotionally, anxious is the first feeling you get. Oh, yeah. And anxious, anxious is not actually a feeling. It's a physiological response, and that's a whole different conversation. But being anxiety is not an emotion. No? Nope. There, I read a whole... It's fucking... Crazy. It's not. Just short of that is it's not. Okay. <laughs> um. I just totally got sidetracked. Sorry. It's because you were looking at this, this, this hunk of junk of man. <laughs> hunk of junk of man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Um, you were talking about your emotional state in the fact. Oh, okay. you were asking me, why do you think that is? Because I don't like being that person. Mm. When I am frazzled on the inside and it bleeds into the outside world and other people can per- perceive me as that frazzled mess I feel on the inside, I feel out of control. That's why I don't smoke weed. Really? Mm-hmm. That's that, why I smoke weed. That's the only way that I can explain that to you to get you to understand how I feel when I get high. Yeah. That's how I feel constantly when I don't smoke. That's so wild. It's so crazy how that affects us differently like that. Yeah. I can't I can't have a conversation because I am so afraid of how I'm going to sound when I open my mouth. Mm-hmm that I will sit in silence until my high goes away that I can actually talk to people. Yeah. And it sucks because cannabis actually helps me with my back pain, mm-hmm. like truly helps me. Um, <clears throat> and the tinctures and the ointments and shit have helped with the, like when I detached my pec, there was a lot, like it does help. 
I just can't when I'm when I'm um, intoxicated with it. I can't. F- my brain won't allow me to do things. I can't even send a text message. That's crazy. I have to read the text message over and over and over again obsessively to make sure that everything is right where it needs to be so that I don't look stupid. Mm-hmm. And I, I have such a fear of looking like a moron. Yep. And articulating my it's, it's a whole whole ordeal. So that's when, crazy. That's good though because now yeah. I get it. Yeah. So when I'm in a, an emotional <clears throat> state of mind, because that is my natural state to be chaotic, emotional constantly anxious, constantly overthinking, panicking about how I'm being perceived. When I am in a logical state of mind, I feel like I'm in control. Like I am able to make concise decisions. Mm-hmm. I was going to say precise, but I don't think that's the correct. Yeah, I mean, it works too. So I want to feel like control. I want to know I made that choice and I made that choice deliberately and it improved my life. New Patreon. New Patreon. I say patron. Is it not Patron. Uh, it's Patreon. This is the way I've worded it. Patreon doesn't have an E in it. I thought the Patreon people who join e our Patreon are our patrons. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we have a new patron. You're right. I was like, oh no, I'm bad at math. Don't tell me I'm bad at English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like feeling like I'm in control. Yep. So, I mean, of course, me smoking, it does help. But the tools that I have now after being with you makes it... Not only easier when I am stoned. I hate saying stoned because it makes me feel like I'm lazy, right. but I'm not. When I'm stoned, I'm productive. I can clean the whole house. I run errands. I cook food. We eat podcasts. Like, everything in life is getting taken care of when I'm stoned. Right. With the tools I have now, I feel like I am more efficient when I'm stoned. Like, I can get more things done because I can process quicker. I understand my emotions better. And when I don't smoke, I am still able to check myself. Right. Because when I... When I have my logical thinking, I can recognize when I'm frustrated. Like the other day when I had that peak of frustration, I was like, oh, I'm frustrated. Right. I took a mental note of that feeling. And this morning before I started smoking, the kids were getting me frustrated. And I was in that emotional state of mind. I just woke up. Every morning I wake up, I'm anxious for my anxiety. Like I could vomit. And I was focusing on that. I was focusing that I was hungry. I haven't brushed my hair yet. I haven't brushed my teeth. One of them could have peed the bed. Like it, it was a whole thing. Right. And I was getting frustrated and I checked myself. I'm like, okay, I'm being emotional. I need to stop. Like the kids are having a good morning. I'm having a good morning. I need to calm down a little bit. So when I have that logical thinking with the tools that I use, I'm now able to implement that in my logical, my logical, my emotional thinking. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're basically doing the same thing that I do with my borderline. You're switching from emotional mind to logical mind and processing your surroundings. Yeah. That's how I have to deal with my borderline personality. Yeah. Um, we, we, we really sidetracked off of all of that. So let's try to get back to the contracts and the expectations. Okay. We cleared boundaries really well. Mm-hmm. Like we really covered boundaries. I think that there will be a lot of value in that for people. When we talk about contracts, we do literally mean written expectations. <clears throat> Our contracts don't necessarily have to be lawyer documents. It can mm-hmm. be written on a napkin. Like I said earlier, but if we're having a conversation about parenting while we were, while we were dating, courting, before you moved in, mm-hmm. knowing that you have kids, what is acceptable for me as a step-parent or for me as a new adult in the children's lives, what is acceptable for me to do or not? Mm-hmm. What am I allowed to say? When is it appropriate for me to step in and have your back long-term 
what is acceptable to you in terms of punishment. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to get to the point where you guys are going to be living together and married and kids that are not yours biologically are going to act up. Mm -hmm. If mom is not there and stepdad has to step in, I need to know what is acceptable on your behalf so that I don't overstep and do something inappropriate in terms of like a spank or standing in the corner, or maybe you don't want them writing sentences or whatever it is that, that, you know, your, your no thing is with parenting. Right. Um, if I don't know and it's not written down and it's not been like, we've had this talk, I can always be like, I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. No, you did because we wrote it down on the napkin at Johnny Rockets in 1965 I remember that conversation perfectly. And you said that you would, you would adhere to this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like those conversations are important. And when you write things down, they become more cemented in your memory because it feels like you are initiating a contract. Right. It is no different than when you go buy a car and you agree to the price. If their manager can get it there Mm -hmm. and you sign next to the price and they go and come back and okay, we can do the deal. That, that, that contract really means nothing. Your signature on that paper means nothing. But the fact that you did it makes you feel obligated to uphold that because you just signed on the line. Right. So when you have that contractual conversation and you lay all things out, you now know that you are not going to forget that this is a hard limit. Mm-hmm. There are going to be times that people will forget an emotional crisis, things like that. You're not going to be 100% all the time. But if you were 50% to remember or 80% to remember, that 80% is going to change 30% of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then moving into the expectations. When you have expectations laid out, pink jobs, blue jobs, mm-hmm. I will never make you take the trash out. No. That's I took the job. trash out once and you were like, that's my fucking yeah, job. Yeah, don't do that again. Yeah. Yeah, because it is my responsibility. <clears throat> I don't want your nails puncturing the bag and the bag dripping on the floor. I don't want you to have to worry about dealing with the shitty, smelly garbage outside. I don't want you to have to worry about taking the gans to the curb. Mm-hmm. I will do that every single time, no matter what I'm doing. I will stop what I'm doing if the garbage needs to be taken out, and I will take it out. When I come home after I've been gone, I come in the kitchen and I check the garbage can. If it's 80% full and I want to do something, like watch a movie and the kids are here, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the fucking trash out before I sit down and watch a movie because I know kids are going to generate trash, and in the event that it's full, I'm going to have to get up and take it out while we're watching a movie because I'm not going to wait. Until it's piled up and the lid won't close. Right. It is my responsibility. So when we have dedicated jobs, you are going to do dishes and laundry. I'm going to do car maintenance, lawn maintenance, finances across the board. Mm -hmm. Make sure that all of the bank accounts are taken care of. Monitor credit. Do the garbage cans. And all the things that I do, I'm not going to look to your jobs. I'm going to look to mine because we've written out the expectations of who jobs is whose. We've put it on on paper. Mm -hmm. It's contractual. We know. That's the contract. And the expectations. In the event that I want to help, in the event that I, I want to help because you're behind and I would like to spend extra time with you, I will jump in and, and do laundry. I, I will wash the dishes if I have to, but I would much rather not ever have to do that. Right. But I will jump in and do the small things. I will help help little man with his homework. I will do the laundry. I will break down boxes and put them in the back of my car to get them ready to go to the dump tomorrow. I will do whatever I can to speed the process along. And if you're really behind, I'm door dashing dinner. Because that takes 45 minutes out of your cooking evening so that we can really do things. Mm -hmm. Having those jobs, um, I'm sorry, the expectations of the jobs laid out and agreed upon in the contract um, is going to make your home run efficiently. Because nobody's going to be waiting for somebody else to do their job. Mm -hmm. So I know that I'm not going to ever have to do dishes. And in the event that I come in and you're fucking dying and the dishes haven't gotten done... You're going to tell me like, I don't, I don't feel like doing the dishes. I don't feel good. 
the kids have been crazy. I hurt my butt, whatever it is. Like I need to do the dishes tonight. Then, then there's communication. You've told me what's going on and I know that I need to do the dishes. Otherwise they're going to sit there until tomorrow. Kitchen's going to stink. Dishes are never going to get done because I don't ever think about the dishes. I do not think about doing dishes ever in my personal life, Mm -hmm. even when the sink is full, because I know eventually you're going to do it. It's that's just like you don't have to worry about your car right? or you don't have to worry about your credit card payments or Mm -hmm. your cell phone. I take care of all that. Um, So because you don't think about those things because it's my job is the same with yours. That's where those expectations come into play. If you have these conversations early on or before you move in together, they need to be had before you move in together. They don't have to be had during the dating phase. Mm -hmm. But before you commit and move in with somebody, these the contract expectations and boundaries should be fucking laid out. It is going to make your life run so much smoother because now there's no, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I couldn't do that. I didn't know you had a problem with this. I didn't know you expected me to do the garbage. Everybody knows. Right. Your life is just going to, it's, it's no different than getting a job. Mm-hmm. You treat your home like your job. You know what your expectations are at work. If you are told what your expectations are of a husband, you can now fill that role. You can do your job as a husband. Mm-hmm. And live a dope ass life because you have had the information given to you on how to do that. It's also important to implement the consequences if there is a boundary crossed or an expectation that's not being met within the relationship. Elaborate. So, for example, if you have a boundary of. I can't even think of a boundary. I don't know. There's an expectation that you both do the dishes in the house. Okay. Like you wash and I dry and put away or Monday, you, Tuesday, me. Yeah. Okay. Say we alternate doing dishes. I cook the dinner. You do dishes. You do dinner. I do the dishes. Okay. Whatever. Which whatever. is actually, that's a very normal thing for people. Right. But what, that's, that's reasonable. Whatever we have figured out. I do the dishes Monday, Wednesdays. You do them Thursday, Fridays. Okay. If you are not upholding your end of the expectations and you're just letting the dishes pile up, we would have a conversation. Like, remember, before we moved in, we said that we'd both be doing the dishes just to alleviate each other's plate. I've noticed last week you didn't do your two days of doing the dishes. Right. At that point, that's me giving you an opportunity as a gentle reminder to say, hey, you're slacking a little bit. If it happens a second time, it's going to be a conversation of, okay, so we've already had this talk. If you don't start doing the dishes, I'm only going to wash my half of the dishes. Right. So all the plates, cups that I use, I will wash. You're going to be responsible for cleaning your dishes. That's the end of the conversation. If you notice again that that person's not upholding the expectation, that's not another conversation. They knew the consequence. I would just start washing my own dishes. Yeah. You can't slack and be like, oh, they forgot. I'll just do it. I'll remind them. That's how they know that they can get away with it. Right. I I would also point out that if that is the agreement and you make the active decision to not do it, Mm -hmm. um, you are creating unnecessary conflict in your home out of laziness. Right. And you are going to get to the point that you are showing your partner that you are an untrustworthy individual and without trust, you cannot have intimacy. Mm -hmm. You cannot have intimacy. Listen to me closely. You cannot have intimacy if your partner does not feel safe and trusted. That is true. So if you, if you, if you have a relationship where you've lied to your partner and not holding up your end of the deal and they are seeing your actions because actions always speak louder than words You've shown your partner that you're untrustworthy. So mm-hmm. then when you go, babe, Joseph asked me if I would go to the football game with him. Your partner is going to go, is he really going to the football game with Joseph? And there's going to be doubt because they know they can't trust your actions because you've shown them. 
So now subconsciously, every time you say you do something, there's going to be a doubt in their mind because they don't trust you. Yeah. You are creating a roommate phase, lack of intimacy. You're, mm-hmm. And it's all from you not following through with something you said you were going to do. It's not hard. It's really not. You want to do another one? Yeah, I want to do one more. Okay. Um, you want to talk about self-care or validation? Self-care. Self-care. I'm going to let you kick that off because it's more important to women than it is to men, but it does absolutely apply to men. The first thing I'm going to ask is when is the last time you did something that's in regards to your self-care? Right. Got your hair done, got your nails done, bought yourself some new makeup, took a bath, got a new book. And read it. And read it. I actually sat down and read it, yeah. If it has been longer than a week, it has been too long since you've done something for self-care. Your self-care is going to, I don't want to say regulate the energy in your relationship, but it's going to change it. Yeah, absolutely. When you prioritize your self-care, you're going to feel like you're prioritizing yourself. You're going to feel better about yourself. Right. When you feel better about yourself, you're not going to be in such a negative mindset. The small things aren't going to bother you anymore. That's facts. Yeah. I do a lot of self-care. I take baths. I read books, sit outside, listen to birds, listen to the wind. Work out. Sit in your lap. A lot of self-care. And because of all of those things, I have a very positive outlook on my life. I do have hard days with my depression and I feel bad and I hate everything and I don't want to be here anymore. Right. But generally, (laughs) I I enjoy life because it's a choice. I'm either going to enjoy the small things or I'm going to sit here and be depressed every damn day. Right. So my self-care makes it easier to feel those positive things because I don't feel like I'm grinding every day to maintain a survival. And my baths can be 30 minutes to two hours. It yeah. depends on my time management. De- right, depending on what you've got available. So 30 minutes of self-care <clears throat> is going to change the direction of your whole day. So with the self-care thing, I don't know why I don't sound right in my microphone. I think it's because I turned my gain down earlier. Yeah. Um, with the self-care thing, we talk about keeping reserve in your battery. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about it a lot, but I'm going to just re- real quick make an example. If you look at your your emotional availability in terms of a battery, if it goes below 20%, you're going to have a hard time dealing with your emergencies or crisis. You're going to have a hard time dealing with intimacy because you don't have anything left in the tank. So by the end of the day, like if you're winding down at eight o'clock at night and you go to bed at 10, you want to make sure that you've got 20% left in the tank. Because that 20%, knowing that you're winding down for the day, can then be burned, and you can go to bed at zero, recharge, wake up at 100%, and start over. Mm-hmm. That means you have 20% for emotional conversations in the event that needs, some needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have intimate conversations. You can have intimate play. You can have an emergency that, that happens in the middle of the night, and you are good enough to deal with it because you left enough in the tank. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was getting at with all of that is in the event that you are not doing the self-care, that self-care is going to affect that 20%. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't take the time to do the self-care, it doesn't matter how much you leave in the tank, you're not going to ever hit 100%. Right. You'll sleep and charge to 75. Mm-hmm. And if you're still trying to reserve that 20%, you have a whole lot less that you can utilize throughout the day because you started the day at a deficit. If you do the self-care and you, you do go to the gym, and for men, this is just as important. Your physical health is going to correlate with your mental health. Mm-hmm. If you're going to the gym and you have a bro time, I have my best friend and I work out together. That's my bro time. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> when him and I don't train together and you and I train together, I don't get bro time. I don't have like the, 
the pissing contest and the shit talking and like catching up on life with my best friend. Like I don't have that. Right. That is my self care time. So when I go to the gym with him and we work out together, I am recharging my batteries. I'm taking a little bit of time away from you because we are, we are inseparable. Otherwise, um, I get to, to catch up on his life uninterrupted because it's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. I get to get challenged because men should be challenged. We right. challenge each other. We try to outlift each other, outrep each other outwork each other we try to really break each other so the next day one of us is miserable normally it's both Mm -hmm. but that is necessary for my survival and my full battery if i don't do that for a long enough time i'm not going to charge back to 100 i'm going to be working at 60 to 80 percent all the time and for a man it's the same thing if you hit zero you could probably perform if your woman initiated but i guarantee you you are not going to when you are exhausted like that you don't want to you want to Sit down on the couch, take your boots off, and just sit there in fucking silence and stare at the television and not work your brain, mm-hmm. not work your body. And for people who work outside and blue-collar workers, I promise you that you have fallen asleep sitting up on your couch at least twice a week for the last 10 years of your life if that's what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that because you're not leaving enough in the tank. And, and you can leave a lot in the tank in terms of that's not my responsibility you can delegate things to other people. If you have people who work under you or people that are new, you can make them do grunt jobs while you reserve that. Um, but make sure the self-care happens. Mm-hmm. Women, it is more important for the self-care than men um, because we are used to hunter-gatherer. It is our job to provide, and that doesn't necessarily mean finances. Um, would you agree that in general, men are just stronger than women? Yes. Okay, so we can agree on that. I yeah. believe that unless you are an elite-level athlete, Man and woman born, no exercising. The man is stronger than the woman every single time genetically. Mm -hmm. There are a very few exceptions to the rule, but as a whole, we're just going to say that men are stronger than women. In the terms of hunter-gatherer, in order for us to provide for our family, we had to leave, hunt, run, hike, throw, carry, to collect. So say we find a boar, Mm -hmm. and we're chasing this fucking thing down, and we spear it. We then have to process it in the field throw it over our shoulder or wrap it on a stick and carry it between two men back in order to survive. Mm-hmm. So we have a natural instinct to provide. So in, in before finances were a thing, that's how we provided for our family. It is our duty to protect. Mm-hmm. So in the event that something happens and a boar comes into our camp or into our, our, our tribe, the men's duty is to grab the spears and kill the fucking animal. Not the women's, not the children's, the men's. Mm-hmm. So we protect. And now that has evolved and protection looks different than what it looked like for 100,000 years. Right. Leading, same thing. Most of the elders were men. And when the hard decisions have to be made, are we going to war? Are we going to kill these fucking people? Are we going to move our camp? Men made those decisions because the hard work in those scenarios had to be done by men. Right. I mean, men were the one who were going out there and actually fighting these battles. Right. So men knew the strategies. Like, they know what's happening on the field. Right. So we protect, we provide, and we lead. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought again. Is it because I jumped in? No. No, it's because I'm I'm picturing myself in a fucking loincloth running through the jungle spearing shit. And I, and I know that I shouldn't because I'm never going to do that. Right, but I like the image of the it. The idea of doing that is ex- it's exhilarating for me. It's yeah. thrilling to know that I'm, I'm living in my primal. You know what I mean? Um, Self-care. I couldn't even remember the topic we were on. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Um, so we need less self-care. Right. For us, self-care is literally laying down on a blanket in those times and eating a fucking ham hock. 
give me that, give me that thigh. You know right. what I mean? And maybe getting some play time at the end of the night before going to bed and doing the exact same thing the next day. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't have to do that for a hundred thousand years. You had to take care of kids and make clothing and soap and wash clothes. It was a very different, less strenuous life for mm-hmm. the women than it was for the men. I believe that that's why women need more self-care than men. Mm-hmm. It's why we're willing to put ourselves and our bodies and our minds through so much more than what you guys are comfortable doing because it's a hundred thousand years of evolution has taught us that this is our duty to do these things. Right. So I don't think that men need a lot of self self care. And you can also look at other aspects when men are hunting, they are, they are not always quiet. They, they're, you know, obviously when you see something you need to, to hunt, but there's a lot of shit talking and like, there's a lot of like, who's it's pissing contest, who's stronger and who's doing what. And, you know, whose who's sexual status is the most important in the camp? And like those conversations were very prevalent back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but there was also a rite of passage. You weren't a man just because you turned 18. Like you had right. to earn that right as a warrior and as a man. And that was in all cultures at mm-hmm. one point or another. Um, so I don't believe that men need the same, same um, self-care routine as women. But I do think it is important that we have those things that make us feel like men. Yeah. If you come home and your wife is a very strong-headed person, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but she emasculates you. And you come home and you're like, babe, I just closed a $20,000 deal. I'm feeling like on top of the world right now. I'm pretty sure that Mr. Smith is going to give me a raise tomorrow. And you're like, you didn't do what I asked you to do last night. I'm fucking tired of you not listening to me. And you start on me instead of instead of celebrating my victory. Yeah, I'm not going to feel like a man in that situation. You are going to make me feel like I am not worthy of being your man. Like I'm not doing my duty in that aspect because the moment I walk through the door, you degrade me. Mm-hmm. That's where that self care really comes in because you are not living a man's life. And I believe in those scenarios, you need to go to the gym. You need to go ju- do jujitsu, go to the gun range and like learn to shoot. So you can do shooting competitions. You need to do mm-hmm. something that is going to make you feel strong and like you can provide and protect and be there for your family. And that looks different for everyone. Right. But on the women aspect, and I'm going to speak on it even though I'm not a woman, mm-hmm. I know when you have not done those things because I can tell that you are starting to get stressed out about things that you would otherwise not look at. Yeah. You've never once bitched at me about the laundry basket or the towels mm-hmm. or the garbage or anything, but I have witnessed you doing things that you would otherwise not do because you are frustrated or because you are run down and you're doing it just because it needs to get done and you don't feel like saying something. Mm -hmm. Those are times that I know you need self-care. Yeah. Because in the event that like I have watched you empty the fridge and take the garbage to the front door because you were doing it Mm -hmm. and like putting it outside on the front porch. And though I appreciate that, it makes me feel like I'm not doing my job because you're carrying a garbage bag through the house. And it's not a big deal because you're in the moment doing that. I get it. But I, I actually do that because you've told me to do that. Put it by the front door? Yeah. When you're in the middle of doing that. I don't want... So if you're going to take the garbage out, leave it at the front door. Okay. That's what that conversation was. You don't need to walk all the way out there and do all that. In the event that you feel the need to do that, just leave it at the front door and I'll get it when I can. Right. Those are scenarios where I am really in the middle of something and I can't stop at the moment to take the trash out. Okay. But I've, I've noticed that when you have that frustration and you haven't been doing those things that happens more frequently because I know that if I'm sitting at the computer desk watching YouTube and you clean the fridge out, you're gonna be like, babe, can you take this out? The garbage can's full. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. It's not a big deal. Cause I'm not in the middle of anything, but in the event that you feel like I'm doing something and you don't want to interrupt me, you'll just do it. And though that's helpful in some scenarios, it really is. It also lets me know that you're not where you normally need to be. 
And if the garbage can gets over full, like if you cram shit down in there, that means I'm not doing my job. I didn't notice it when the garbage can was full and you also didn't feel the need to say anything because of whatever it is that you're going through. And I could be wrong in all of that, but that's how I, I view the situation because those are not normal things that happen with you. And I notice those inconsistencies because I'm aware of what's going on in your life. Does that make sense? That does make sense because there are also things I can pinpoint when I know that you're going through it mm -hmm. and you haven't done your self-care. Yeah. So I get that. That makes sense. Me cramming down the trash can has nothing to do with like passive aggressive or I'm frustrated or anything. That's just right. I'm like, okay, I need to throw this away because I have to get back to the thing that's on the stove. So I don't, I, I don't think reaction. I don't think it's passive aggressive. Okay, that's not what I was saying. But I'm normally sitting right there, mm -hmm. and the garbage can is ten feet, right. fifteen feet. So if I'm sitting there and I'm not doing anything super important, you could just be like, "Hey, garbage can's full," and I'll take the trash out. Okay. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so maybe I did read that wrong, mm -hmm. but. But no, I, you're right. I, I Now that you have verbalized that, I can pinpoint moments where I'm like, damn, he's right. Because I do do things like if there's right. cardboard sitting on the counter and I'm frustrated in the, in the moment because of whatever, I will take that out to the recycling. Because I noticed it needed to be done and I needed to take it out. I wasn't thinking he's slacking on his job, blah, right. blah, blah. I was, it's, I'm cleaning the kitchen. This is in my way. I need to take care of right. it. Instead of just going, hey. Right. So you are correct. In moments <clears throat> where I haven't had or on days where I haven't done my self-care yet, I'm frazzled and I'm frustrated. That is me letting my emotional state bleed into the reality of the world. Right. And, 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 and it's, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you did that constantly and you didn't do the self-care, eventually you're going to overwork and you're going to be resentful towards me or bitter towards me. Right. Envy could even work there. Resentful mm -hmm. could work in that scenario because I'm sitting on my ass watching YouTube while you're, you're doing what you're doing. Right. So there could be resentment in that scenario. Um, but I believe it'd be more bitterness towards me. Mm -hmm. And eventually that would destroy our intimacy. Right. Because you're not taking care of yourself, which is making you get mad at the little things that you would normally just go, hey, take care of this. Mm -hmm. And I would just take care of it. But because you're frustrated, why should I have to tell him to take this out? It's his fucking job. Right. Not that you've ever done that, but that is a very normal feeling for people. So I, I do believe it builds to that point. Yeah. So I'm going to rewind to the point where I just said, because I am frustrated and I haven't had my self-care, I'm frazzled and I'm anxious. And when I'm cleaning, I see it's in my way and I don't think he's slacking on his job. I'm thinking I'm cleaning. This is in my way. I need to move it so I can wipe the counter. Right. At first. At first. That's the, that's the thought process. When you catch that in a moment, you go, oh, wait, I'm frustrated. Let me get him to come and help me. It'll ease the frustration. If you can catch it in that moment before it turns into he never does his job. I'm tired of picking up after him. Right. It's going to be a whole different situation. Right. That self-care is a massive thing when it comes to <clears throat> how you perceive what is happening in reality because you're having an emotional reaction inside of your body. Right. So this also ties into the broke things happen to broke people. Mm -hmm. If your transmission goes out on your car and you've got $20,000 saved in your bank account, it's not a big deal to go get a new transmission. If you have $500 in your bank account and your transmission is $2,000 and you can't afford to get your transition transmission fixed, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. You're now in an emergency situation. You don't know how you're going to get to work. Broke things happen to broke people. That's a problem for people who don't have money. If your battery goes below 20%, things that would not be a problem because you have that reserve is now a fucking problem. And it's an emergency and it's an issue and it would otherwise not be an issue. Yeah. If you are overly happy 90% of the time, because your battery is above 20%, mm -hmm. 
you are never going to have that conflict. And the one time that it dips below and you start to fall apart, it's going to create a whole lot of unnecessary, I don't know what's going on between both you and the way your partner feels because they're not used to you being in that scenario. And a lot of that comes down to you taking care of yourself. And it could be something as simple as just going to Starbucks and listening to an audiobook. It could be. They say that you should make a list of 10 things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. And you should do three of those things every single day, no matter what. Yeah. So maybe you can't take a bath. So instead of taking a bath, you go get a drink from Starbucks. Or maybe you go and while you're at Starbucks drinking your drink, you take 20 minutes to just walk around and look at new books or new candles, whatever. That That's you time that you right. get to just enjoy your life because that's something you enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. You should also try to find 10 things that you view as a victory that make you feel like you've accomplished something and knock those out as well so that you get accomplishment and enjoyment and your life is going to be better because of it. Mm -hmm. So when we talk self-care, that's the depth that we're talking about self-care. It's not just getting a mani-pedi once a week. Right. It's three things a day Mm -hmm. that bring you actual enjoyment that you can do with or without your partner, preferably alone, Mm -hmm. so that you get to, it's unfiltered enjoyment. Right. There's no bias. You just get to to vibe. Your watercolor painting outside on days where it's nice out or if it's raining. Mm-hmm. I'm not bothering you when you sit out there. You come over and you give me a kiss and you're like, baby, I'm going to go outside and, and watercolor. I'm like, cool. I know that for the next 45 minutes, my wife is outside. Yeah. And if the kids aren't here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flash you through the window. <laughs> and that's going to add to your personal enjoyment for yeah, the day. Yeah, it is. Um, hang on. So we, we talk about social batteries. Yeah. And I just want to delve into that just a little bit because it's relative to the battery analogy mm-hmm. <clears throat> when you and I are living our lives and we're going out and doing shit with people and our social battery starts to drain we have hand signals that we can use so that we know what's going on without having to verbalize because in some circles it can be rude to just I don't want to fucking be here anymore I need to leave right there are also phrases that can be said um, things like that that can benefit but in the event that your social battery is drained and you are in a public situation, you are not going to be attentive to your partner as you should be. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be as engaged in the conversation. You are going to find yourself disassociating, not paying attention, and your situational awareness is going to decrease because right. you were tired. You're going to be overstimulated. Your battery's going to be drained. You don't want to be there anymore. Um, it's important to recognize where your battery is, and if you and your partner both understand the battery terminology, then you can now use that. Mm-hmm. So in the event that it's six o'clock at night and you're starting to get super frustrated and you feel like your battery's ranging around 20%, you want to stop for the night. You can just tell your partner like, Hey, low battery, low battery. I'm at 20%, babe. I'm done for the night. Like, can mm-hmm. you knock the dishes out for me? I'm, I'm done. And in the event that I'm at 20% also, I'd be like, yeah, my battery's draining too. Let's watch a movie. Dishes can fucking wait. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those conversations are easy to have. It, and a lot of that comes down to knowing how your partner communicates and just being able to, to let them know effectively mm-hmm. what's actually happening. This also ties into the expectations. If you define your expectations clearly, you will never have an issue with what's going on because you made it clear, Mm -hmm. like the way that you expect things to be done in the event that your, your partner is the one that folds the towels and you need towels to be folded a certain way because of anxiety or child trauma or whatever the fuck it is that you feel like you need the child's towels folded that way. You have that conversation to define the way the towels need to be folded for you. If that's their job, it's not a big deal. You just do that up front so that it's there. Um, those definitions apply in other aspects of your life because when you're having a conversation, if you use a term that I'm unfamiliar with, I need you to define that. It doesn't come across as a shitty scenario 
defining things is very normal for us because we've been doing it from the beginning. Right. So if we're having conversation and I don't understand, I need you to explain that, elaborate. I need you to define that for me. You know that I'm fully engaged in what's going on. I'm asking questions, which is engaging me further. It's engaging you further in me. And you are defining and explaining things in a way that I'm going to be able to understand them without there being conflict and, and problems. Yeah. So don't be afraid to define things. <clears throat> we're a little over an hour on these three. I, I think that I th- I'm good. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything that you want to add to that that I didn't cover or? No, I don't remember. No. No. You look tired. I am exhausted. Battery low? Yeah. We call it a night? Yeah. All right. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye, guys.